Can you show me a person in the world who doesn't want to be knowledgeable or intelligent? Everybody wants to be so. And yet people don't realize that knowledge is not intelligence. Knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge might be interconnected and they are. But the reality is that you can be knowledgeable and still not wise. And you can be extremely wise and may not be knowledgeable. As a matter of fact, I've seen many people who are very knowledgeable. But instead of being wise, they are otherwise. And this confusion between knowledge and wisdom is important because only then you can become capable if you can have a synthesis in your personality of knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge should be the base of your capabilities. And wisdom should emerge out of that. Now, I would define knowledge as accumulation of facts and data. To be well informed. To be aware of. Having knowledge is like the data fed into computer. But if the data is not processed properly, it's of no use. Just an assemblage of data is like a stone. We can give a fetid smell, but may not be of any importance. And then what is wisdom? Wisdom is application of that information. And there are two parts of wisdom. One is, of course, based on your knowledge, the application of the knowledge. Second is your inner capability to be able to discriminate. Now, what has happened in this world is that we have started using this word discriminate in a rather negative sense, which it is not. The Hindi word for discriminate is vivek application of your mind, your brain, your thought process, and then able to separate chaff from the grain. That is discrimination. Discrimination doesn't mean racism. Discrimination doesn't mean favoring somebody or hating somebody. Of course. They can be there, but the real sense discrimination is application of mind to find out the subtle differences and fine-tune your thoughts and bring them in synchronization with your knowledge. And wisdom is transformational. And unfortunately, most of you do not apply information. Rather, even the information that they have is often lopsided, often deficient in real facts. But then, that is the way you want to be. 
society always esteems the wise for their virtuosity. Wise would always be full of virtuosity. Let's be very clear about that. Because for only one reason that they can discriminate between right and wrong, between ethical and unethical. And here you've got to understand that virtuosity does not mean religiosity. We often say he is a very religious person, and that person may be the most corrupt person. No. Religiosity is benumbing. Virtuosity is ennobling and humanizing as a matter of fact. You might have seen, you know, that there are people who are extremely knowledgeable, but when it comes to the application, they are nowhere. They are subject matter experts, and they number in thousands. But how many of them are really wise? And that's why Tennyson wrote, wisdom, knowledge comes, but wisdom lingers. And I'm reminded of this small anecdote in this connection. A person who had done his doctorate in agronomy, plant pathology and everything, went to a village. Then he went to an orchard and talked to the gardener and told him, well, look here, your techniques of planting are outmoded and that's why you don't get enough produce. And he was talking dozen to a score and naturally the poor grower was impressed. But then he saw through the person that the knowledge he was having had not been transmuted into intelligence and wisdom. And it was superficial. Ultimately the expert told the farmer, well look, look at this apple tree. I can bet you don't get even a pound from this apple tree. The grower was amused, he smiled and he said, you are right sir. I won't get a pound from this tree because this is not an apple tree. This is a pear tree. So that's the difference, the wise man, the villagers. You might have seen what we call with the people who live in the villages, maybe uneducated, unlettered, but they have the utterly wisdom. And their wisdom often astounds people. Now, why is Indian democracy so successful? It is that 70% of the people living in the villages, they might be unlettered, they might be uneducated, they might be illiterate, but they have innate wisdom and they know how to discriminate between right and wrong. They loved Indira Gandhi, but the very concept of emergency outraged them and being believers in democracy, they threw her out. They saw the successor governments come in, but they were incompetent, inefficient and involved in selfish bickering. So they threw them out after two and a half years. You cannot deny that the robust capability 
of the Indian rustics is a mainstay of the Indian civilization and Indian democracy. And that's not because they are highly literate. They haven't done their MPhils and PhDs in political economy. No. But they have this capability to discriminate between right and wrong, between what should be and what should not be, between what has to be accepted and what has to be rejected. Everybody knows that we should exercise, we should eat healthy, we should be positive. How many of us actually follow through and achieve this? No, we don't. People say, be positive, and all the time they are talking in a manner which is absolutely negative in way. And the vibrations they send are so shocking. We know the value of hard work and laziness, but we take the easy way out and laze. Across time and throughout history, people have seen that the knowledgeable people have been the cause of the doom of the most of the time simply because Stop they did not have wisdom. You know, the scholars of the old, like Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, those were the epitomes of knowledge and wisdom. People like Schopenhauer, people like Albert Einstein, again, had that sense of fine discrimination between what should be and what should not be. Now, what happens if knowledge is overpowered by the sense of instant gratification? That will lose to blunting the edge of the ability to discriminate. Instant gratification leads to long-term misery, and that erodes the wisdom base. Knowledge is there. And then you know you are like a donkey full of books, books piled on your back. So you are carrying knowledge, but you are not able to transmit it. The long-term interest is not there. So how to be wise? There are three stages of gaining wisdom. First, of course, is listening and reading. So that is knowledge, gain knowledge. Listen, read. And one thing, let me be very clear here. Even, as I said earlier, without being literate, you can be wise, but that's because of your inner self and your discipline of your mind and your ethical values. But if you are knowledgeable, then if you have wisdom, you combine, then you are a paragon of human being. So the first is gathering knowledge, listening, reading. Second is reflection. Think about it. Now, 
listening and reading is like gobbling up your food. You eat it. Reflection is the digestion part. You chew. You know the way the animals, cows and buffaloes chew the cut. So you have got to chew. That is the second part. And the third is the application. In what they say in the classical language of India, Sharvana, Manana and Nidhivasana. Sharvana is listening and reading, Manana is reflection and Nidhi Vyasana is application. So intake of the knowledge is there. Then you mull over it, contemplate on it, look at it from different angles. And only then will knowledge be integrated into your system. And when this knowledge is internalized, then you reflect on that. And that will lead to realization, awareness, understanding of what you are authentically going to be. As you know, I'm a quite an acolyte of Krishna and in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7, if you have read it, he talks about it. Krishna bridges the knowing and doing gap. He presents knowledge from a fresh perspective and ignites original thinking and that's a hallmark of wisdom. You ignite, you indulge it original thinking, the originality, the creativity. Krishna, for example, in chapter 7, and begins with the analysis of the world and shows how spirit permeates the universe. And as humans, we have the choice of staying with this world, are penetrating to the force of your capability. Whether you will be pursuing limited myopic goals, Arise above and seek yourself. The choice is yours. And that is what is important. As a better human being, you have got to make a choice. Choice of leading to your self-realization, self-awareness, and then considering yourself as a part of the cosmos. Not as a separate identity, you represent the cosmos. And ultimately, the onus is on you how to achieve the fulfillment, the ignorant, the unaware of the hires. Seek the limited, trivial, finer tense. But if you realize that you've got to transcend the common platform, and then, you know, you would be able to realize the innate beauty of your wisdom and apply it for the good of people, not your good alone, good of the society, good of the community in which you live in. And you would find that that is not an easy job. Socrates had to drink the cup of hemlock. So the wisdom makes you suffer. Knowledge doesn't make you suffer. But if you have the both, 
then that's the best of them both words. And that is what you should aim at. And once you can do it, you would find yourself much more appreciated. And that's what you want to be. So better thyself by accumulating knowledge and by reflecting on that. Thank you.